to the PVYA Orthodox Youth Podcast. We are at the North American News Conference. My name is Uliana Kulish, and today we're interviewing three young ladies on the topic of the roles of husbands and wives in marriage. How Orthodox marriage is different from secular civil marriage. Aloha, everyone. My name is Sila. I am from the Holy Theotokos of Ivran Icon Russian Orthodox Church in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I am answering this first question. So the main difference that I can tell from my limited <laughs> knowledge so far is kind of a misconception within um, secular marriages that it has to be all about love. Like you have to find the person that is perfect for you, that you're in love with, and there's not so much emphasis on talking about morals and, and values and making sure that that person is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, is going to be your partner, is going to want to raise children in the same way that you want to raise children in. And I think that can cause a divide between in a marriage and it can cause a divide for children, kind of seeing that contradiction. And um, I think that's the main, the main difference that I can see between what an orthodox marriage is and versus a secular civil marriage. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure people everywhere talk about values before getting married, but I think in orthodoxy there's more of an emphasis on making sure that your father confessor knows this person, knows you, agrees with um, the marriage and, and is supporting you, and you just kind of have that extra support and knowledge and resources behind you to make that decision and, and know you're with the right person before kind of leaping forward into the rest of your life. Um, so that's my answer. Wonderful. Thank you. Dating as an Orthodox Christian and the path to marriage, its purpose and practice. What is dating and can going to church together be considered a date? Hi, yes. My name is Juliana Waitenko. I go to St. Vladimir's Memorial Church in Jackson, New Jersey. And ultimately, marriage and the role of dating in Orthodoxy has to do with finding someone who can share your faith and bring you closer to God. So dating is ultimately about finding someone, like Sila said, with similar values. So an essential part of dating is not only finding someone that you share common interests with or that you enjoy spending time with, but also incorporates discussions of religion, your values, setting up expectations for your roles inside of a marriage and making sure that you are specific in what you want and understanding what the other person wants from a marriage and also understanding your partner's beliefs and how they complement your beliefs. Yeah, I definitely agree. Thanks, Juliana. <laughs> yeah, understanding beliefs and understanding the real person behind kind of the, the first couple date mask. Um, and just to add to that, I wanted to say that I think it's kind of a good test if you're dating a guy, especially if he's not orthodox and you talk to him about orthodoxy and you can kind of gauge how easy it is to talk to him. If it feels like he doesn't um, listen to you and you're not able to talk about it, then you can kind of know this isn't right. You're not going to be able to talk about anything if you can't talk about even your own faith. Um, and so I think that's something that's important to me to kind of uh, talk about <laughs> sooner rather than later. Thank you. Another question is, uh, what things do you look for in a husband? 
Hi, I'm Tatiana. I'm from the Holy Mother of God Parish in Austin, Texas. We're actually officially named after the Hawaiian Iveron Merstreaming icon, the church where Silas is from. They have that icon there. So things that I look for in a spouse, they did kind of touch on it. Uh, the same things, you know, dating as an Orthodox Christian, making sure your values match and so on and so forth. But it's also important to remember, in my opinion, that um, you as a person might not be perfect, and they as a person might not be perfect when you're looking for a husband. You have to have some sort of patience and willingness to work together and grow together. Uh, if you cannot see that in the other person, uh, it's a really good test as well, you know, re referencing the previous question, your future husband will actually end up as a husband or will just, you will have to move on. I also wanted to consider the future of having children together, right, because um, the end goal in an Orthodox marriage is not simply to live together, but also to um, raise, you know, your children, to have children, to, you know, educate them in the faith and going and so on and so forth. Your values have to very closely match with your husband as to how you're going to be raising your children, especially if your husband is not Orthodox. Uh, he may have very different ideas as to how to raise uh, a child. People might be, well, you know, your boyfriend might be a very kind person, but if he is, for example, uh, from a different religion, if he is Islamic or he is Hindu, uh, there's a strong cultural component as to how children are raised, and it might very directly clash with your ideas on things. He might not be willing to have them baptized, for example. So that's something that's very important to discuss and understand before you commit to marriage. I'd also like to add that having a strong sense of your own values before you look for a spouse is very important. Since your values and your faith are the foundation of your relationship, it's important to know what you want specifically. And just going out into the world saying, I want to find a spouse, but not actually understanding what you want, that can be kind of dangerous and that you're just trying to find the first kind of nice Orthodox person who you kind of click with, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are complementary or compatible with you. Yeah, I definitely agree with you have to have your own values in place. You have to know yourself. I think there's something to, to that. And it's you have to complement each other. You're not going to be able to to make that person who they are. They need to be their own person and you need to be your own person and you grow together. You don't fix each other. Um, so it's a complementary relationship. It's not a codependent relationship. It's, um, it's a that's a healthy marriage is, is, is someone that compliments you and, and makes you better instead of bringing you down. Wonderful. Is marriage uh, an aesthetic endeavor? Yeah, so I definitely consider marriage an aesthetic behavior, especially since we just talked about complementing each other and working together. Um, that doesn't always go smoothly, as we can all tell. You know, the arguments happen, so on and so forth. You know, an ascetic behavior is to, you know, if we think about asceticism, we typically think about it as uh, pertaining to monks. In, in a way, in Orthodoxy, monks are uh, married to the church in and of itself, right? But uh, when you go to a monastery, you expect to have uh, to work on yourself, but also to have humility and patience with the other monks there. It's very similar in an Orthodox marriage. Like any healthy marriage, really, you have to be able to work through conflicts and disagreements effectively with your spouse. Uh, that can get very hard, uh, especially if uh, there's a very serious you know, disagreement. 
this can become a very uh, clear obstacle in marriage. In that case, uh, it's very useful to have a uh, spiritual father who you can go talk to, you know, in an orthodox manner to solve this, depending on how severe the disagreement is, to solve this, you know, from a third-person party, especially one that has a very uh, strictly orthodox view on it. Also, coming back to the topic of children, uh, raising a child can also be difficult and require uh, a great amount of patience. You know, as toddlers, um, sometimes parents will find it very hard to bring toddlers to church because they don't understand why standing in church quietly is an important thing to do. They want to play, they want to, you know, uh, play with the candles, you know, touch the icons and so on and so forth. From an orthodox perspective, there's a lot of temptation there to you know, reprimand a child and so on and so forth. I'm not talking specifically about how to raise the child, just that uh, it requires an orthodox approach to it as well from the parent's perspective. Moreover, as you are raising your child, you're not just disciplining them, you're helping their growth as an orthodox Christian, so you have to explain to them what's going on. But their understanding might be, especially at younger ages, uh, not, not the same as yours. It requires a certain maturity in orthodoxy to understand its full depth and values that a child might not have, especially when a child uh, grows up to be a teenager and starts questioning these values. It will be difficult sometimes for you to maintain those values as in, your, in, your, in your child as they grow up. Still, it also requires patience and so on and so forth because it's very easy to... Uh, there's the chance of turning a child permanently away from the Orthodox Church if it's done in a matter that's not very compatible with the child that you're raising. So there's definitely a lot of obedience, humility going on from your end as a mother and, you know, hopefully from your husband as well in keeping this marriage uh, running in an Orthodox manner. Yeah, I think Tanya touched on a defining characteristic of Orthodox marriages that people who enter into primarily secular marriages seem to misunderstand. In a marriage, you're going to be constantly tested, so it's not the same happily ever after that people might expect in the secular world. And your children are going to be one of those tests, uh, among many other things. And taking that into account, humility, patience, understanding that marriage is about denying yourself as a sacrifice making compromises but not compromising your faith. These are all very important qualities to make sure that you find in your spouse and then also believe that you're bringing to the table in order to have a successful marriage. Is there only one breadwinner in the household? Okay, <laughs> my favorite. Um, so I'm going to break it down a little bit and maybe rock the boat and just say, it's really hard being a woman in the Orthodox faith and also a student and a, a woman in the secular world because there's a lot of contradiction in everything that you do. We're supposed to be this way in the secular world. We're supposed to be um, doing what we want, being who we want. And in the Orthodox Church, there's a lot of rules, there's expectations, there's kind of a set pathway and um, kind of a set life. And that question, the breadwinner question, it's always bothered me a little bit because it's kind of assumed that the man is 
going to be making the money, going to be supporting the family, and the woman should be raising the children, um, should be cooking and cleaning. And it's not always that way, I understand. It's not always that way, especially even in orthodoxy. Um, but I kind of, when I hear that, when I hear people asking me, <laughs> setting me up on dates or asking me when I'm going to get married, I don't hear that interest in, like, what, what am I going to do with my life? What are my what am I bringing to my community besides just children and, and cleaning? <laughs> and I know I don't, I don't think people want to hear that answer. Um, but that's kind of how it feels being, being a woman sometimes. It's not always like that, but just kind of feels like what we have to offer in, um, in our work and our school and in our professional life isn't as important as, as settling down. And that's the, the ultimate goal. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I would like to add from the perspective of, um, you know, I, I spoke a lot about children, but you are talking about how it's, you know, you don't want it to be the only thing in the conversation when you're talking about marriage for a woman. Uh, I, I firmly believe that it's very much up to the specific um, husband and wife pair how they're going to organize this as long as the children that they're going to be having are well taken care of, right? So... A woman can have all those different roles that you talked about, CLS and going on and so forth. And, you know, maybe the man stays at home, right? Maybe the man also works. As long as it doesn't compromise your relationship between the two of you, and it doesn't compromise how your children are growing up, then I think it should be perfectly fine. Uh, of course, there's also the orthodox aspect in it, right? That should always be your guiding idea as to how you're going to be splitting this. But in every sense of the word, there isn't a restriction, I don't believe, in orthodoxy when having a strict man-breadwinner, woman-child-bearer situation. Yeah, I know. I know it's not strict. It's not, it's not a concrete rule. It's just kind of in the back of my mind, I always am thinking, okay, so can I get this PhD because I only have so many years to have a kid and, and can I really pursue my career and raise children and be a good mother and succeed? It's, it feels not entirely possible to do all things. So that's just kind of always in the back of my mind and it kind of holds me back, I think. And I, I'm jealous that, that men don't have to think about that, <laughs> to be honest. I, I <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Celia, I, def I definitely understand where you're coming from. I I've at times also feel the same pressure that traditionally women are supposed to stay home and take care of the children while the man is the breadwinner. And I agree with Tanya that it depends on the couple and different family environments work well for different people. But Defining your roles within a marriage is, again, an important conversation that you need to have with your potential spouse as you're dating and before you get married. Because if you come into the marriage with different expectations and not being prepared for different scenarios as life goes on because situations change over time, making sure that you're on the same page and making sure that you have a, a physical and spiritual plan in place to make sure that your family is not only cared for, but to make sure that this idea of who is a breadwinner doesn't put extra strain on the marriage in the future. Thank you very much.